I'm reading some verses this morning from the book of Jeremiah, the ninth chapter, from which I talked yesterday. Now, these two verses. Behold, the day cometh, saith the Lord. Now, this is God speaking according to Jeremiah. Jeremiah is telling us that God says this. You know, it's, it gives holy boldness when a preacher stands up and says, This is what God says. Not what I think, not my opinion. This is what God says. You young preachers, uh, you want to be humble. You want to be sure you know what you're talking about. But you want to be certain about what God says. And if you're not certain about what God says, then don't you say God says it. You know, I've known some young fellas to get up and be very dogmatic in their statements. They'd say, now, this is true, and I know it's true. Well, maybe the great uh, Bible scholars of the world didn't agree about it. Now, walk only around there. Now, there's certain positions uh, about which even at my age, after preaching all these years, I'm very careful. I had a letter this morning from some woman. She'd been saved about two months, and she asked me for what I thought about a certain position. Well, I have my opinion about that special thing that she wanted to know, but I told her that Bible students don't agree about that. Listen, there isn't anything that's essential that the great Bible, Orthodox Bible scholars, don't agree about. They agree that Jesus died to save people. They believe he rose from the dead. Uh, They believe he's able to save unto the uttermost all who come to God by him. There is no division among the great fundamental Bible teachers of the world about the essential, eternal essentials. But when you get in some realm like uh, where the great Bible scholars are not agreed, then uh, just go a little careful. Don't be at least modest. You can have your opinion, but don't be so dogmatic in matters of that kind. You know, I've known some young preachers that were very conceited, very opinionated about certain things. Now, you don't win people by that. You alienate people. Now, for instance, there are things in the Bible that I have very definite convictions about. But Christian world's divided about it. And good people don't agree about it. And it's a head difference, not a heart difference. So be careful. But you can be certain about some things. You can be certain that God's going to punish sin. That's no question about that. You can be certain that men reap what they sow. No, you don't have to worry about that. You can be sure that men can't do wrong and get away with it. You can be sure that sinners can't save themselves. You can be sure that men are saved by grace through faith and atoning blood. You can be sure about some things. Because a whole Christian world, evangelical Christian world, are together on these eternal essentials. There never has been any very great difference on the essential fundamentals of the Christian faith among evangelical Christians. Now, let's remember that. For instance, uh, you may say that God chose me before the foundation of the world, and that Jesus Christ died for certain people, and that you may come along here and say, well, I think he died for everybody. Well, great Bible scholars uh, don't agree about that. Some of the greatest men in the world believe in election and foreordination, and somebody else comes along and, and believes that Jesus Christ died for the whole world, and anybody in the world can come to Jesus Christ. And that there's no such thing as election. Now, this basis there for intelligent Bible scholars not to exactly get together. But why have any trouble about it? All you need to know is that anybody wants to be saved can be saved. Every Bible scholar agrees to that. Whether it's an election, whatever it is. So so in these matters where great uh, Bible students uh, don't agree, don't be too cocksure and don't strut your stuff too much. Walk humbly before God. 
But young people, we need today as we have needed for 50 years in this country. A dogmatic proclamation of certain eternal essentials. Now, Jeremiah said, I'm telling you what the Lord says. All right, what is it? Now, Jeremiah, uh, you told us yesterday something that God said. and now, now, what are you telling us now? He said, thus saith the Lord. Now, listen. These are solemn words. I will punish all them which are circumcised with them which are not circumcised. I'm going to punish all of them together. All right, go ahead now. Egypt and Judah and Edom and all the children of Ammon and uh, Moab and all that are in the uttermost corners that dwell in the wilderness. For all these nations are uncircumcised. But you, the house of Israel, is uncircumcised in your heart. You're just as mean as they are. Listen, if your heart isn't right, you're as mean as anybody. You know, they had all the trappings of religion. All the forms, all the ceremonies. He said these forms and ceremonies won't do you one bit of good. You're going to get to the neck like the rest of them. Listen, young people, listen to me. Every great revival that's ever come in the history of the Christian church has come because somebody came along to re-emphasize something that people had quit emphasizing. Martin Luther, justification by faith. John Calvin, the sovereignty of God. The Wesleys and Whitfield Christian experience. They had all these forms and ceremonies, but something was neglected. And God picked up some man and said, drive this truth home again. And all revivals have come that way. Now here are the Jews. They said, we're all right. We have the trappings of religion. We have the forms and ceremonies. We are proud of ourselves. And old Jeremiah, the prophet of God, said, you're going to get to the neck just like the rest of them. And judgment comes. When the wrath of God is poured out, it'll fall on your head. You've got the forms and ceremonies, but you haven't got it six inches below the collarbone on the left side where you hardly. Now, I want to get back here. Listen. What this generation needs today is a tremendous emphasis on the fact that God Almighty looks at the heart. I asked a woman out in Illinois the other day. I said, are you a Christian? Oh, she says, I've been baptized. I said, you can be baptized and go to hell and be damned. I said, are you a Christian? I'm a member of the church. <laughs> Say, if all the church members in this country were saved people, what a nation we'd have. So the other day, a great story about the increase in Protestant church membership. When, when they say the church is losing out. We had a tremendous increase. Roman Catholic comes along and says, we've had a great growth. Protestants, we've had a great growth. <laughs> Listen just a minute. Well, why don't they do something? What's the matter with this country? Why are we in such a mess in America? Why are young folks crowding jails so old folks can't get in them? 
massive divorce bill grinding? Why are the churches empty and no prayer meetings? We've got the trappings of religion. Clerical robes and ceremonies. Millions and millions and millions invested in churches and cathedrals and schools and seminaries. And the nation going to hell. When the day of judgment starts on nations of the earth, judgment's going to begin in the house of God. There's where it's going to start. If judgment begins in the house of God, listen, when God Almighty pours out his wrath, the first thing he's going to burn up will be dead formalism with no heartache. You know, we don't read the Bible seriously, some of us. The strongest indictment ever brought has been brought against dead formal religionists. You know what Jesus said? He said, you ecclesiastical boys, he didn't say it this way, but it's put it down in the lanes of the street. You ecclesiastical boys are the meanest folks I know. You won't even get in yourself. And uh, you won't let folks get in that want to get in. You don't only won't get right, but you won't let the rest of them get right. That's what you've got today in America. You can let a school like Bob Jones University spring up in this country. Send young ministerial students out winning people of five by the thousands to Jesus Christ. You can send them across the seas in groups of 32 from one graduating class to a mission field. And send a boy to Japan who the first year he was there led 5,000 people to Jesus Christ. They don't only pat them on the back and say, God be with you, they try to stop them. That's your dead, cold, technical ecclesiasticism. Boss written and cursed. Crying out loyalty to a program while the world's going to hell. You can be loyal to your program and go to hell with the world. That won't give you any standing with God Almighty. Judah had plenty of that. Priestly ceremonies. Clerical robes, all insignias. But he said, You haven't been circumcised in the heart. And that's what counts. And if you haven't got it in your heart, you're going to be judged exactly like Egypt's judged. A steward, a deacon, an elder, a vestryman, a cigarette-smoking, cocktail-drinking uh, church woman, uh, going to a ladies' aid society, 
And all this gang that hadn't got this thing in their hearts are going to hell with everyone else. They preach in the pulpit that Christ loyalty to my program hasn't been born again. All that preacher's got between him and hell's a heartbeat. And you've got preachers in America never been born again. I never shall forget in my life when I was a young man. I met old Bishop Kilgore in the city of New Orleans. A leading Methodist church in Montgomery, Alabama, where I lived, had some good spiritual people in it. They said, we want a pastor that can call mourners and get people saved. We are sick and tired of these modernistic fellows that are about ruining us. And I went down to New Orleans and requested the board of stewards to try to help them get a man. It's a rich church, influential church. A lot of folks didn't know what they ought to be, but they had some good men in it, good women. Had a great class there, one of the finest Bible classes I've ever known. And I went down to New Orleans in the lobby of the Lake Charles Hotel. I said, Bishop Kilgore, I'm Bob Jones from Montgomery, Alabama. Oh, Brother Bob, you imagine yes. I said, I've been asked by board of stewards of a certain church in Montgomery to come down here and see you and tell you they want a great spiritual church and they know that you are conservative in your theology and evangelistic. All people saved. And they asked me to help you get somebody. He said, Brother Robert, they're hard to find. That old man said something to me that almost made me rebel against him. He said, you know, we are filling pulpits in America with unconverted preachers. Well, I said, Bishop, you, I don't understand your saying that. Well, he said, don't get excited. He said, you know, you an evangelist, it's hard enough to get fellows converted when they think they're going to hell if they're not converted. And he said, they're teaching in some of the schools in this country that you don't have to be born again. He said, if you read this book that's just out on uh, children in the kingdom and no birth again is necessary. He said, do you think a preacher's born again that don't think you have to be born again? He said, uh, you're pretty lucky in a few years if you get a born again preacher. Because they're teaching them in the schools and universities and seminaries that the new birth isn't necessary. That's what you're up against. Well, I went on home. I was a young fellow. That's about the time they began to sow the seed in this country, in schools and colleges. Don't have to be born again. Listen, they are responsible for the devilment that's come to this country. That bunch of, uh, of religious perverts have damned this nation. They come along and cry, Lordy, Lord. Loyalty, loyalty. And some of them holler loyalty to their program. 
that are not loyal to the fundamental doctrines of their own church. When I was a boy, if you met a man out on the street and said, uh, he's a Methodist preacher, a Baptist preacher, a Presbyterian preacher, Episcopal clergyman, Lutheran preacher, some other preacher, you knew exactly what he believed. You might not agree with some things he believed, but you agreed with the essential things he believed. And you went out there and met him and shook hands with him and called him brother. But now they judge you by whether you support a program they've set up or not. I wish we had about 50 Jeremiah's turned loose in this country. He said, all this religious business isn't worth a continental. You'll die and go to hell. And all the judgment that God's going to pour out upon pagan nations, he'll pour out on the heads of your religions. Anybody in any sense knows that you've got a form of godliness in America without the power thereof. Most of the soul winning in America is being done day by freelancers. Not most of the folks joining the church, I mean freelancers, are God's evangelists and the prophets of the Old Testament were God's freelancers. Some fella gets on the radio. God said, I want them to have the gospel because they're getting everything else but that. And he gets them on the radio somewhere, some little humble preacher made him butcher his English. But you know, most people butcher the English. And if you use good English, some fella wouldn't think you were talking to him. There's no virtue in using poor English, but I don't kick these poor fellas around that's doing the best they can. They didn't have your advantage. Don't get me kicking them around. Your judgment's coming to this country. It's going to start with ecclesiastical bosses. It's going to start in ecclesiastical machinery. You know they're not spiritual. Oh, in this thing there's some good men, of course, of course, in Judah. There were some that hadn't bowed their knees, of course. But you know as well as I do that a big percentage of the church members of this nation haven't got it on the left side. Listen, the overwhelming majority of all the converts of revival meetings are church members. If you get the role of the church people who have come forward in Jack Schuler and all the rest of the evangelist meetings in this country. Get the list of them. Of the converts. You will find the overwhelming majority of them are church people and many of them active in the churches. Why, some of you right here came from churches, never were saved or came here. Every year, scores of boys and girls come to Bob Jones University Church never been born again. I remember one girl, I told you this last year. She stood up one time in the meeting at a testimony chapel 
And she said, Dr. Bob, I want to give my testimony. I'd have been in hell if I'd listened to my pastor. Why, my blood almost froze in my vein. That's an awful thing. And she said, I'll explain what I mean. Said, you know a certain school, and I did know the school. It's one of the most modernistic schools in America. They do everything they do in every state university. They dance. They have a smoking room for girls. They got modernistic teachers in the school. I'm not talking about anybody in South Carolina now. If this happens to hit, I can't help it. Talking about it's another school in another state, not South Carolina. Somebody will say, I'm jumping on somebody. I'm not jumping on anybody. Stating the facts. She said, my pastor came to me and said, don't go to Bob Jones. Don't go to Bob Jones. Uh, go to your own school. And she said, I was quite active in the church, you know. Big working, young people's societies. All I'd ever done was join the church. I'd never been converted. Didn't even know he had to be converted. Didn't know such thing was necessary. And I came to Bob Jones College, it was then. First night I got here, I found out I was a sinner and was converted. I'm saved now. Listen to my past, I'd have gone to hell. Listen, she's the wife of a prominent preacher now. And a soul winner. Listen. Listen. Why, those uh, Jews back there, they were nice people. Their religious leaders would say, Now, all right, just go ahead now the ceremony. All right, all ceremonies, all right. God said to Jeremiah, You go tell them for me. Go tell them that if they don't have it in their hearts, it doesn't matter what else they have. You tell them they are no better off than anybody else. And you tell them when I come in judgment to Egypt, I'll visit Jerusalem with judgment. And you listen to me, students, and you folks over there, keep your ear open too. If your heart isn't right with God Almighty, you're on your way to hell. And you can stretch your ecclesiastical stuff while you go there, but you're going there. Old Jeremiah, God bless his memory. Would you expect a man like that to be popular? Why, Jesus Christ wasn't popular. For a while they hung around him for food and Miracles. But the straighter he talked, the madder they got. You surprised old Jeremiah got thrown in a pit? Are you surprised that Paul got beat up and was left by the roadside for dead? Are you surprised these modern crusaders for the gospel are being more and more persecuted? Let me tell you young preachers something. You make a note of this. 
You can't go this road and sleep in flowery beds of ease. This is a road that's stained with blood. This is a road of the martyrs. This is a road where saints go to prison and lions eat them. I just straighten up and face it. It won't bother me much. I'll soon be checking out. They can't do much to a fellow when he's 68. But you young preachers can take your choice to go where the folks that believe in the ceremonies and trappings and that's sufficient. Or take the crowd that may have to go through blood for the truth. Listen. I prophesy if this thing goes on in the lifetime of some who are listening to me today, there will be martyrdom for this truth. And I may be talking to somebody now that may have to seal this kind of testimony with your blood. They talk about broad-mindedness and tolerance. There never has been greater hatred of the real gospel than that. Now you face it. Stay on. Stay on. Don't talk too wise. Stick to the essentials. Don't go off the tangent. Don't act a fool. Don't look for any trouble. You'll have it without looking for it. But you take God's side. That's the side Jeremiah was on. This is truth. Old Jeremiah spoke not for his generation, but for all generations. God looks at the heart. In every generation. Heart. What kind of hearts he got? Is he regenerated? Has he been born again? Is he counting his ceremony? Is he looking at the pool? Or the baptismal fount? Or even a creed? What's he looking at? Is his eye on Jesus? What kind of heart does he have? The eyes of the Lord run to and fro through all the earth. Behold the good and the evil. And as God's eyes run to and fro through the earth, he sees good in the heart or evil in the heart. Out of the heart, out of the heart, come all the damning, blighting curse of the world. God's looking to the heart. And Jeremiah said, you're no better off than the rest of them. God doesn't think any more of a Methodist or a Baptist or a Presbyterian or a Lutheran or a Episcopalian or a Protestant or a Catholic or a Jew than he thinks of a bum if his heart is right. God doesn't think any more of a preacher 
that he does a panhandle. The preacher's heart isn't right. Don't say I'm jumping on anybody. Don't don't talk about that. Let's just talk about the truth. Am I giving you the truth? I saw a preacher, pastor of a great church years ago, who was converted in a revival I held. And he said, I have never been born again. Old John Wesley in Whitfield never had been born again. They were brought up in a factory. Wesley was, he and John and Charles. They never had been born again. Martin Luther one day in his cell saw that a man couldn't save himself. That nobody but God could save him. You listen to me, students. You better not take any chance with your soul. And you preachers don't take any with your preaching. This is safe preaching. If a man's heart isn't right, he's not right. And no man's heart is right until God takes away his old sinful heart and puts one in there that is right. You better play it safe. Lord God, we are not worthy to do it. We want to step over on Jeremiah's side today. We're not worthy to get anywhere near him. But if he's listening to this from heaven, We imagine he's saying, preach it. Preach it. We know some folks don't want it preached. But we know it ought to be preached. There are deacons and stewards and elders and Sunday school superintendents and preachers in America on their way to hell. We don't want them to go to hell. We want them saved. We met preachers that said they didn't have to be born again. Jesus said they had to. Or they couldn't even understand anything about the kingdom of God. Lord God, keep this school true. Keep these preacher boys true. These missionaries true. Keep us faculty true. Keep me true. And Bob Jr. true. And all the uh, executives true. And don't let us wait. Don't let us waver. It matters not what may be the pressure. Lord God, give us the courage to stand with Jeremiah and the saints of all generations that preach that men must be right at heart and that forms and ceremonies mean nothing unless the hearts are. Keep us faithful to thee and bless somebody that will hear this message as it's broadcast late over there. When they listen to it, shoot arrows of conviction in their hearts. Help us here this week at Bob Jones University to dedicate ourselves anew to God and to keep us then faithful. For Jesus' sake, amen.